Hello, welcome to today's edition of the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Brother Walter Terrell, and today we're going to be looking in the book of Philippians, chapter number 4, verse number 6, and verse number 7. Very, very familiar passages of Scripture today. The Word of God says, uh, Be careful for nothing, beginning in verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As some will read today, may God add his blessing to the reading of the Word of God here today. Uh, several years ago, there was a uh, preacher by the name of R.C. Trench, who was at one time the Protestant Archbishop of Dublin there in Ireland. He had a morbid fear, though, of becoming paralyzed. You see, he was what we would call a worrywart. He worried himself night and day, day and night, that someday he was going to become paralyzed. Well, one evening at a party, the lady he sat next to at a dinner uh, heard him muttering mournfully to himself. He said, it's happening, it's happening. It happened at last. Total insens insensibility of my right limb. Your grace, said the lady, it may comfort to you to know that it is my leg you are pinching. <laughs> oh my, it's kind of a funny story, but it's sad, but true in a lot of cases because a lot of people have anxiety. A lot of people suffer from anxiety. A lot of people worry about things that might not happen, about things they have no control over. They worry about tomorrow and tomorrow may never come. And I told that story because I, asked, I want to ask you a question. Do you constantly worry? Are you a worry wart? Do you suffer from anxiety? Do you worry about every little thing? Or do you have anxiety over this, that, and the other? Well, let me say this. There are people who actually do those things. And for those of you who are prone to worry, did you ever stop to think how dangerous worrying, worrying really is? I mean, my friend, worrying is a dangerous, dangerous thing. As a matter of fact, it's been scientifically proven over 100 diseases have been directly attributed to worry. Worry will not only take away your physical energy, but worry will also rob the soul of its stamina as well. Why is that? Well, because worry is the ultimate act of rebellion against the rule of God in a child of God's life. For those of us who claim to be saved by the grace of God, worry is really rebellion against God's act, against God's rule. Worry says that God is dead. Worry says that God can't do it. Worry says that God is dead, and if he is alive, then he is incapable of doing anything about my situation. And even though we may know these things, it doesn't change the fact that people worry. And as a matter of fact, worry could be called the most popular pastime of the human race. Um, one older lady said one time, one dear saintly lady, she said, I always feel bad when I feel good. For I know that I'll feel better or bad after a while. <laughs> Let me say it again. She said, I always feel bad when I feel good. For I know that I'll feel bad after a while. She's feeling good, but yet she's seeing the tragic outlook. She is a pessimist, if you will. Um, and friend of mine, people live that way day in and day out. And the bottom line is this. When we worry, we have ceased to trust the Lord. And when we worry, we have Stop trusting in what God can do, and that, my friend, is a sin. And when you get right down to it, although the calendar says that there are seven days in a week, 
there are really only three main days, and they are this. Two of them should never cross our minds when it comes to worry. One of them is yesterday. Yesterday cannot be changed. Amen? Yesterday cannot be changed. The other one is tomorrow. No man holds the power to affect tomorrow. You and I can't do anything about what's going to happen tomorrow per se, but thank God I've got a God in heaven who holds tomorrow in his hands. Amen? And today is really the only day we have, and with the sweet Lord's help, we can face anything that arises. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you busy, but it gets you nowhere. <laughs> Amen. Worry is like a rocking chair. It will keep you busy, but it will get you absolutely nowhere. And so if worry is eating you alive and is destroying your physical and spiritual life, I want to help you with the verses of scripture that I just read, help it defeat worry's power. In these verses, the Word of God sheds some light on how we are to handle our cares and our worries. And so, uh, let me say this. I don't know about you, friend, but I would rather be a warrior than a worrier. Does that make sense? I would rather be a warrior. W-A-R-R, you see, <laughs> W-A-R-R-I-O-R, than to be a warrior, W-O-R-R-I-E-R. Amen? Yes, I'd rather be a warrior than a worrier. And so today, with the help of the sweet Lord, I would like to talk to you about that subject, God's Word, Our Worries. God's Word and Our Worries. If you look with me back in verse number six, the beginning part of that verse says, be careful for nothing. Here we see a word, God's Word, about problems. God's Word about problems. He gives, us, gives you and I a caution to observe. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever attempt to downplay the existence of problems? As a matter of fact, it tells us quite plainly that problems will stalk us as long as we live in this world. Uh, Job 14.1, I believe, man is a few days and full of trouble. And uh, in this world, we shall have tribulation. And of course, you didn't need me to tell you that troubles and trials are real, because after all, you and I battle them each and every day of our lives. But we have to caution ourselves. And so God's word about our worries, we see God's word about problems. He gives us a caution to observe. Then also he gives us a caution or a command rather to obey. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, he says. He says, be careful for nothing, a command to obey. When it comes to worrying over the problems we face in this life, God has one word to say about that. Don't. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Pretty simple. God says don't. Don't worry. Um, the phrase be careful for nothing literally means don't worry about anything. As clearly as I can, I want us to understand that worry is a sin. I want you and I to understand that worry is a sin. Now listen, none of us are above worrying t today. Matter of fact, I worry about things in my own life. I worry about things in my children's lives. I worry about things in my wife's life. I worry about things sometimes in my friend's life. And friend of mine, I sometimes it can eat me so badly it takes away my joy, takes away my stamina, makes me uh, stay awake at night. That can be called anxiety at times. But friend, there are some people who are doing this constantly. And so we have a caution to observe. We have a command to obey. And God says, don't worry. Now, what is worry? Well, 
The word worry actually refers uh, to a troubled state of mind resulting from concern about current or even potential difficulties. It comes from an old old English word that literally means to strangle. That's what worry is. Um, Worry was used to refer to the practice of wolves killing sheep by biting them around the neck, thus strangling their prey to death. And so this is literally what worry does in your life. It will strangle you physically. It will strangle you spiritually. And to get right down to it, worry will choke the life right out of you. Hey, man, that's what it's all about. Worry will literally choke the life right out of you. Worry is the interest paid on trouble before it falls due. Worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. Worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. Worry gives a small thing a big shadow. Why is worrying a sin? Well, worrying displays a lack of faith in the reality of God and he, and Him being able uh, to meet your needs. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter number uh, 14, I believe it is. Let me turn there real quickly. The book of Romans chapter number 14 and verse number 23. Here's what the Word of God says about that. It says that, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so when we worry, guess what, friend? We don't have faith. We don't have faith that God can do what we want him to do. Worry calls God a liar. Worry doubts his ability and says God is dead. Why should Christians not worry? Well, Many good reasons why the child of God should not worry because God knows what you have faced, God knows what you are facing, and God knows exactly what you will face. And friend of mine, God cares about what you face in this life. Take your burdens to the Lord, casting all you care upon Him because He cares for you. And God has promised to take care of you even right in the midst of the trial in tribulation, the Bible says in Philippians 4 and verse number 19, the word of God says this, but my God shall supply your need according to his riches and glory uh, by Christ Jesus. And listen, a lot of times we like to use that verse uh, as a as a uh, means of financial um, financial gain. But friend of mine, there's some other things we need in this life too that God says he would take care of. Amen. That God says he would take care of. Hey, everybody wants to be loved. Well, guess what? Sometimes God will send that person along to love you the right way. That person that'll love you for who you are. That person that'll love you and will not try to uh, change you in such a way that it takes you away from God. Amen. And so God knows exactly what you and I need is what I'm trying to trying to say. And so God has promised to take care of you. And so there you have it. God's word, our worries, he gives us a word about problems. Also, God gives us a word about prayer. He gives us a word about prayer. He said, be careful for nothing. But then he goes on to say, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You see, friend of mine, it's like this. If we can't worry, then what should we do? Pray. If we can't worry, then we should pray. We see the act of prayer. Instead of worrying, the child of God is counseled to pray. When Paul talks about praying, he uses actually three words in this verse. He talks about prayer. He talks about supplication. And he also talks about 
request. An examination of each of these words will help us uh, more clearly to understand what he's talking about. And so we see the word prayer. The word prayer is a word that is the general, uh, this word is the general word uh, for coming into the very presence of the Lord. It carries the idea of our acknowledging God for who he is. It speaks of adoration, it speaks of worship, and it speaks of devotion. It is the picture of a weak child seeking the attention of a powerful parent. It is the picture of our seeing him for who he really is. Friend of mine, the prayer uh, prayer is the believer leaving the cares of this world behind to get lost in the very presence of God. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been lost in prayer? Has there ever been a time when you began to pray and you forgot about everything? Nothing in this world is touching you other than the fact that you are in the throne room of God. Hey, I've been there before and I love it. Amen. I love getting lost in prayer. It was the last time has happened to you. Um, Prayer, like I said, is the believer leaving the cares of this world behind to get lost in the presence of God. It is about our worship and adoration of God. And when you and I get our eyes off of our troubles and focus them on the face of our Heavenly Father, then as He grows larger in our hearts, our problems grow smaller in our minds. Let me say that again. When we get our minds off of our problems and get our minds focused and our minds uh, focused on the face of our Heavenly Father, God, our Father, grows larger in our hearts and our problems grow, grow smaller in our minds. When trouble comes in our life, then one of the greatest sources of strength that we have is our ability to escape from our world into another world, into the heavenly world, into his very presence. We can literally step into a realm where troubles, sorrows, and worries cannot follow. Amen. I'm so glad that as a child of God, we can go to God in prayer and escape our worries for just a little while and depend upon a God who can. Amen. We can depend upon a God who can. Uh, the book, book of Job chapter 1 verse number 20 says it like this. It says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped, and said this, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank God, friend of mine, I'm so glad to know that when we worry, God can take that worry away. And blessed be the name of the Lord. And so we find here, uh, the word prayer means coming to the presence of the Lord. Then Paul said, a word about praise and supplication. Now, this word refers to an earnest sharing of our burdens, the earnest sharing of our needs and our problems. It doesn't speak of flippant prayer, but it speaks of prayers that arise out of the heart. You see, friend, favorite prayer about needs that, favorite prayer about needs that move the soul is in view here. God wants his children to pray, but he wants you and I to pray with a passion about the things that moves our heart. You know, the effectual favorite prayer of a righteous man availeth much, which leads me to my next uh, word, my next point, requests. He said, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, request. This word refers to detailed prayer about specific issues. We need to learn to pray specifically and not in generality. Many times we pray around the issue. 
Many times we'll pray around about the issue, but never pray in detail about the specific issue. We should never, ever, never be afraid to approach God with the specific wants and needs in our life. He's promised to hear you and to answer your prayer. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah 33.3 puts it like this. Uh, Jeremiah 33.3 3, said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so, friend, it's like this. Uh, go to God about that need in your life. Tell him what you need. Specifically, tell him what you need. Go to God about that want in your life. Tell him what you want specifically. Hey, you know, let me give you a good illustration. When I first met my wife 20-some years ago, I fell in love with my wife, and I started praying that, God, would you give Tammy to be my wife? Well, guess what? I specifically prayed and told God everything that I liked about her, told God everything that I loved about her. And guess what? 22 years now, we've been married. 22 years and three children later. Amen. We've been married. And I say three. I know most of you know, well, we got two on earth, but we got a child in heaven. He would have been 20 this year. He died three days after he was born. But hey, I, I said all that to say this. Go to God. Ask God to give you uh, what you need, but also specifically ask God to give you what you want. There's absolutely nothing wrong with specific praying. Amen. And then we see the atmosphere of prayer. Uh, Paul says that we are to do this in everything. Big things and little things alike are to be the subjects of our prayer life. Nothing is too big for God and nothing is too small for God either. So friend, uh, go to God in prayer. And so uh, we need to learn to pray about everything all the time. God wants us in his presence talking to him about every matter of life. Then we see the attitude of prayer. Notice that our praying is to be done in the attitude of thanksgiving. As we approach God with the worries, the fears, and burdens of life, we should do so with a very thankful heart. Why? Simply because we have a God who cares about us, we have a God who hears us, we have a God who loves us, and we have a God who had promised to answer our prayers when we call upon him. And beside that, regardless of how bad life becomes, God has directed our path to that point, and he is actively working out his will in us. Uh, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We need to learn to be a thankful people. After all he has done for us, the least we can do is be thankful to him. If he never did another thing for me on this side of heaven, I would have enough reason to praise him for all of eternity. Amen? Because, hey, God saved me. But our worry and God's word, God's word says, don't worry. Well, we see, number one, a word about our problems. We see, number two, a word about prayer. But last of all today, we see a word about promise. Verse number seven. Verse number seven says this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, it's like this, friend. God wants us to know that there are some precious promises that can be yours and be mine if we come to the place where we refuse to allow worry to be our master and we learn to bring all our needs to Almighty God. Let me say it again. God wants us to know that there are some precious promises if we come to the place where we, ref we refuse to allow worry to be our master and we learn to bring our needs to him. God promises peace. We are promised peace. What is peace? Well, the best definition of peace is this. Peace is the tranquility of the soul. 
This kind of peace passes all understanding. In other words, it's a mind-blowing experience. This is a state of being where you are calm in the heart and calm in the mind, despite the fact that turmoil and strife are raging around you. This is calm in the heart that exists, even though your storm still rages. It is a mysterious thing, but it is God's gift to those who will trust him in everything. This is the kind of peace that Jesus promised his disciples in fourteen, uh, ch- uh, chapter 14, verse number 27. My peace I leave with you. Now as the world giveth, giveth unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It is a peace that is divine in origin. It is a peace that cannot be disrupted by the problems, disturbances, and difficulties of life. It is a peace that cannot waver, that cannot be shaken, that cannot be destroyed. Job had that kind of peace. Daniel had that kind of peace. The three Hebrew boys had that kind of peace. David had that kind of peace. And thank God, friend, I too had that kind of peace. And in the words of a dear friend of mine, it is amazing. Amen? It is amazing. Well, a word about promises. God promises peace. God promises us preservation. Preservation. We are told that God's peace will keep your hearts and minds. When Paul mentions the heart, he is referring to the seat of the emotions. The heart is the place from which our feelings come. When Paul mentions the mind, he is referring to the place where we do our thinking. And what is worry if it is wrong feeling or wrong thinking? What is worry if it is not wrong feeling or wrong thinking? Well, When we see our burdens, our problems, our fears through human eyes, we will always develop wrong feelings and wrong thoughts about the things we face in this life. However, God's promise is that that His peace will keep our hearts and keep our minds. The word keep means to stand guard over. When Paul wrote these very words, he had a Roman guard on either side of him. They were standing guard over the man of God. Paul says that God's peace is like a guard that protects the heart from wrong feelings and the mind from wrong thoughts. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I need that kind of help every single second of my life. I need that kind of help. Well, as I close today, let me put it like this. Let me give you a story. Years ago, in the pioneer days of aviation, there was a pilot. He was making a flight around the world. After he had been gone for some two hours from his last landing field, he heard a noise in his plane which he recognized as a gnawing of a rat. He realized that while his plane had been on the ground, <coughs> a rat excuse me <coughs> a rat had gotten in. The devil don't like this friend, that's why he's messing up my voice, amen. <laughs> a rat had gotten in. For all he knew the rat could be gnawing through a vital cable or control of that plane. It was a very serious situation. He was both concerned and also very anxious and worried. At first, he did not know what to do. It was two hours back to the landing field from which he had taken off and more than two hours to the next field ahead. Then he remembered that the rat is a rodent. That rat was not made for tall heights. So, it's made to live on the ground. It's made to live underground. Therefore, you know what the pilot did? He began to climb higher and higher. He went a thousand feet, then another thousand feet, then another thousand feet, until he was more than 20,000 feet in the air. When he got that high, guess what? The gnawing had stopped. The rat was dead. He could not survive in the atmosphere of those heights. 
More than two hours later, the pilot brought the plane to safety, and the next landing field that he landed in, he found inside the cockpit the dead rat. I said all that to say this. Friend, anxiety and worry is like a rat gnawing at your heart, gnawing at your mind. If left alone, it will gnaw at it until you, till it destroys your life and until it steals your joy, your power, and your energy. But the rodent of worry cannot live in the secret place of the Most High. Amen. It cannot breathe in an atmosphere that is steeped in prayer and influenced by the Word of God. Worry dies when we ascend to the Lord through prayer. Worry dies when we ascend to the Lord in His Word. So there you have it. A, t- a message that I felt led the Lord to bring today on the subject, God's Word, Our Worries. So what are you going to do about your anxiety? What are you going to do about your worry? Well, I'll tell you what we should do, child of God. We should take our worries to the Lord in prayer and leave them there. Pray specifically. Tell God in detail about those things you're worried about. And ask God to give you what you need. Specifically pray and ask God to give you your heart's desire. Did you know the Bible says... Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's the very uh, verse that I used when I was praying about Tammy to be my wife. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's still true nonetheless. Well, no, it's not crazy. It's the word of God. Amen. I won't apologize for that. So what do you do when you worry? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Get in God's word and see and find the answer to your worries and your problems. May the God of peace give you comfort today. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Brother Walter Terrell with the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast.